Hi everyone, it's Morgan. Thanks for joining me. And today I'm not alone. I have Jeffrey with me and I'm super excited because he is really a multi-passionate artist, business owner, you name it. So hi Jeffrey, nice to have you. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, hi Morgan. And uh, I thank you for having me. I'm Jeffrey Parham, the managing member of uh, Golden Bricks Publishing LLC. And I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri. So would you like to tell us about you as an artist first, and then maybe we can go into what you are doing for other artists as a business owner? <laughs> sure. Well, I do hip hop. Hip hop music. And um, you can find some of my music on like YouTube on 150 different download stations. And plus, and it's kind of my music is sort of try to bring awareness. Like I have a song called Let Your Spirit Fly Free. Um, another one come up a little higher. I started out with a group called Little Arkansas. That was a little more hood music. Oh, nice. I graduated into my my own individual style, which is where JPZ come from as you know, a solo artist. And so I try to keep it on some more positive guidelines and uh, talk about spirituality as well as about what's going on politically. Mm. Somewhat, but not too in-depth with politics, but, you know, give people insight on what kind of goes on uh, in the community and things like that. Okay, so yeah, like you said, so awareness and uh, passing a message through through lyrics and through through the beats, through the the melody and uh, and all that, right? Yes, yes. So later on, I ended up getting with a gentleman here in St. Louis. Uh, name was Smooth Smooth Beats, and uh, we formed a group called the Miller Brothers, kind of after like Miller Coors, because <laughs> we like to drink a lot of Miller highlights and uh, or Miller highlights. So, I mean, we came up with like the album and did a few single songs together. We did a lot of performing as well as I performed with Lord so as well. So that's kind of my track record. Um, I, I always had a passion for music as a kid. Parents leave the house and then I play my favorite song and I'm dancing and bouncing in the house and they come back and cut it all off and then play like <laughs> <laughs> like nothing ever happened when y'all was gone. So. Awesome. The, the passion for it and the love for it and then I think around, say, 12, 13, track meets uh, when other schools would come. So I would battle rap. I had a guy that was he was real cool. Uh, his name was Odie in a different town, a town called Fort Ice, Arkansas, because I'm originally raised in Arkansas. Okay. We would meet in the track meets, and I had a friend, we called him Smokey, Beatbox. Then I'd rap over the lyrics, because Fat Boys back then was like one of my favorite rap groups. I mean, I love them. And Curtis Blow, artists, uh, then I'd grown to like gangster music stars, hitting like Spice One, NWA. Everybody knew NWA, so DJ Quick, a lot of the West Coast rappers. Then I started getting influenced by like the Southern hip hop like out of Houston around the early 90s like 93, 94 Atlanta started hitting the scene their artists no gravitating to that and I had a passion for New York because New York 
rappers like Wu Tang and Ooh. Red, and you know they was really lyrical. And it goes on. Then I was introduced to Tupac. Tupac like influenced the whole world, so wow. I was like, wow, you had to gravitate to him. And so he's like one of my favorite, along with Spice, one of my favorite rappers. You know, there's other rappers like King T, uh, Ice Cube in his solo um, career. So there's just so many, basically all hip hop um, artists. You know, I'm doing a little bit of music as well as R&B. Um, big fan of R&B, pop. Uh, of course, Michael Jackson, he was the man. So he had a big influence in my life as well. So it's just, and then when I started creating, you know, I just, you know, I've been creating ever since. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. What what made you actually create? Because like, okay, everybody listens to music and all that, but like wanting, like, did you, what did you do first? Did you write lyrics first? Did you, uh, or did you impersonate other artists first? Or how did you find your style? Basically, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. I think my first, I impersonated first. So, Yeah, Curtis Bowen, he had this song called Basketball. And so where I grew up was in the country. So that's what we did, play basketball all the time. So that was the first actually hearing music that actually, you know, I felt it. Because I played, you know, I didn't play in the gym, but I played Sandlot. Mm -hmm. And so I mimicked and I rapped this song over and over again. And, um, but then eventually, like when Fat Boys came out, you know, I started... I started really at a young age, started kind of just rapping from the top of my head. Wow. Back then. But I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know what freestyle was because hip-hop was still, it, it was there, but it was still developing. You know, it wasn't big. You know, uh, like it was like Sugar Hill Gang was like the first hip-hop artist. Then when it came to gangster rap, it was like NWA. And then you had guys like uh, Roddy O, Joe Cooley, things like that. So hip-hop was still growing around that time. And so it's kind of like freestyling. I don't think I've had ever at that time was where I'm getting it, ever heard anybody freestyle. Okay. Or freestyle. You know, because it was all, I was in the country, so I, was, I just knew the tapes. So then when I started getting older, yeah, or it's like too short, big influence. Uh, you know, when I started getting up in the age, I started actually living and going out the house and doing different things. So. Um, I think for his writing, I started writing probably after high school. Because in between, I had this phase where I was just a listener. You know, it, it kind of faded away at 12 or 13, the desire to want to be the, a music artist, a rap artist. So I started getting into film. So I was writing like plays. So like I had a whole play. And I actually got with a friend of mine and we converted it into a screenplay. But when I wrote it, I was young, I wrote it like an actual play, you know, in a theater play. It was called Pit of Rage. And um, so we ended up later on in life getting together and turning into a film script that I still have. Um, so I, I was writing that in high school. Um, my teacher and some of my friends, we would, after school, we would, you know, well, around junior high, we would go and actually film scenes. Because I liked it more. I loved martial arts at the time. I was a big fan of Bruce Lee and you know, the Shaw Brothers film. So we would actually put films together and use the trash cans to hit to make the punching sound effects and oh. everything. Had like the bed down and kick people off this big tall slab in the warehouse on 
mattresses and make it look real. I'll take two VCRs and put them together and edit it, and it would, you know, look real. Um, because at that time, it was like, I think Double Impact is all, I was a big John Claude Van Damme fan. Mm. At that time, I would I had learned how to use the two VCRs to do the double take when you'll punch once and it'll hit twice. But I could do <laughs> I had learned how to do two VCRs to even do that in editing things. So and I was young, I was probably like 16, 15 wow. or 16, sort of the media center, some of my little snippets. That's so cool. So cool how you were even doing the sound effects with your with your own means. And uh wow, that's really, really cool. And um, so what were your plays about like do you have a specific genre that you prefer writing on or are you open to like just following your inspiration well at that time i was in i was more into action and then no as a youngster you know going to do martial arts and messing around with things like that and things like that i would um you know i would write it would be based around something like that because it's all i watched but then i got older you know, I started kind of venturing to other, other, other things. But to go back to the music, so that's where my music stopped. Mm. When I got like probably 20, then I started picking back up on it. You know, and the, you know I was freestyling I think, around 18 or 19 after high school. And then from there, I ended up picking it back up and I moved to Missouri. So when I moved to Missouri, I started off in Columbia, Missouri, and I got with Midwest Ballers and a guy named Baby Baby J uh, from Cradle Rock Entertainment, and we made like an EP together, and I did my first uh, single, actually on tape and reel, because at that time, it wasn't like digital now. Mm. Uh, it was tape and reel, but it, it was getting to where if you had a lot of money, you could get like Cool Edit Pro and Acid Pro. So my first tape of reels in this guy's name, uh, Batman. He calls it Batman. He had like he was made like like a Batman cave on the inside. You go in there, he had it designed like a cave, and he had like all the Batman wow. memorabilia and little toy cars and stuff. It was real nice and that. And uh, I actually got a chance to watch him actually put it together, tape and reel, cut the spice to tape. And then later on, I think I went to a studio. I had a relative from Omaha, Nebraska, they call him Savage Smith. And we actually have a song I did. He's in Toledo, Ohio now. I actually went up to Toledo and I did a song with him that I never released. Oh, wow. Um, it was a few years ago, like maybe three years ago. And uh, it's, it was sound pretty good. And so- Did you release it? Uh, I'm probably gonna release it, but I didn't get to finish my parts. I, I just got like a verse on there and it was just, there's no dubs or anything. So I would have to go back and re-record it. And then he's so far away, and I probably won't be going to Toledo anytime soon. So I have to try to figure a way to actually add my dubs and ad libs and things like that in. And so, well, from there, I met them. We made a song called We Can Make It Soldiers, which is a, a Christian song. We performed it at a gospel, what was this? The gospel Explosion there at Hickman High School a long time ago. Then I got with Baby J and uh, then the group of Arkansas came up here, which was my rel couple of my relatives, and C.W. Stag, and so we we ended up putting the album together called "Look at the Arkansas Still Grinding," which is released. 
it's on Apple iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, um, and we rap music guy. And so we ended up doing that album, doing the EP, the seven song EP, being stagnant. See, Dub came, we ended up doing the 10 song album and a lot of sickness of singles that we never released professionally, you know, uh, on download, but it's on like SoundClick where you can hear some of them. Okay. And, oh, I mean, I had a kind of lengthy career with it. Then from there, um, I moved to St. Louis. Now I'm leaving some things out because it's kind of not relevant. <laughs> but I uh, moved to St. Louis in 2010. That's, we came home. It's like, I'm not probably never leaving St. Louis. So um, this is actually home for me. And then I started working on it. came out with a song called All About Handling Business. Under J. Keezy, which is on YouTube. Um, there's also downloads stations as well. Uh, the platforms. Then from there, came up, come up a little higher. Then we moved into the Miller Brothers and Smooth Country. We got one song called All Day, Every Day. Then we got the Miller Brothers album, which is Smooth Country. Um, and all those on digital download as well. And so we perform uh, Pat Conley um, here, right across from the zoo here. St. Louis Zoo right. in Dogtown, which is the Irish community. Performed there, performed in Backstreet, out in Westport, um, quite a few places. East St. Louis, uh, Studio 618, off of East St. Louis Avenue, which is in Illinois. Um, it's just, that's kind of moved around a few places, downtown, back, Black Velvet Club. But to bounce back to Columbia, I performed a lot of places there too. So, um, I'm sorry, the Club Peppers, I don't know if it's still there or not, Columbia, uh, Jefferson City at the park. Um, I performed in Boonville at their park day. Yeah. Uh, uh, not Hickman, sorry. I'm sorry, I can't think of the The park is right off of, uh, uh, I think, oh, whoa, Douglas Park, right across from Douglas, uh, Frederick Douglas, which was a famous iconic figure in Black history. I performed at the park that's named after him, Frederick Douglass Park and uh, Frederick Douglass High School right next to it. So then I went home and I performed with the group of Arkansas in Arkansas, actually at a high school. And we went to the Civic, their new Civic Center, they just built it. So we got a chance to perform there. Wow. Uh, yes, it's been a few other places. Yeah. And then, been all around the U.S. almost, and uh, it, you, I mean, I'm not saying everything was easy, but the way you're talking about it, it feels like you, you made it sound easy, you know, like when you were telling the story or how you went there, went there, so how how did you find these opportunities, or how did you create those opportunities to, like, perform in all those places? But networking. Networking, talking to people, uh, a lot of it went with. I used to love to. It, it wasn't really battle rap. It was like freestyle battle, but it wasn't like how battle rap is now, like dissing each other. It was never that. It's like you might be in a club, like when the club's like mixed level. Uh, I might say, "Hey, I rap to somebody," and it's like, "Hey, my friend rapping. He's in the club, and then here we toe to toe freestyle or free flowing." But the thing is. We wasn't disrespecting each other. So we would say the best sound verse. 
who wins, you know? So we create the music as we're going. Wow. Right. So we would we gay and get crowds. So then one person tell the other person, and then we might be become friends and, you know, start collaborating. And then, hey, man, I got a show coming up because they're from the area, they're familiar with the area. Yeah, you know, and I start supporting them, and we just start supporting each other, and it just grows. Wow. And so cool. Birth, I just keep networking and keep talking. And then I moved to St. Louis. It's just uh, a couple of my friends were already established as just, you no know, local artists. Wow. So I was able, they was already performing. So they was able to, you know, put me on the team, and I was able to perform with them as wow. well. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's really inspiring how you got into like music, acting, and uh, and all this. Like, did you ever question what you wanted to do in life, or was it always obvious? Like, yes. So as a rapper, <laughs> I, uh, you know, a lot of times a rapper, but some just kept me want to stay into it. Um, and so it's like when all the crime came and everybody. You know, with the the hip hop and hurting one another and things that that made me question if that's something mm. that I want to be involved in because that's not my personality. Mm. Uh, I, I you know I care about people. Um, you know, I like anybody get upset, but I'm not gonna go to the extreme. I don't think nobody can make me angry enough to, you know, go pull out a gun and you know what I mean. I mean, it's nothing materialistic or verbally that that can hurt me to that point. Or not even money. So uh things like that made me question, is this where I want to be? This where my mind it kind of slowed me down as well in my at this time. I'm like, hey, I'm not really pushing this fast towards it. You know, like I just made a new instrumental because I, I produce pieces as well. So I just made a new instrumental um the other day that I'm writing to it, but I mean I'm be ready to start writing to it. But you know, it's just I, I like film and TV, it's not as much drama. So it, it did make me second guess uh, hip hop, as well. It's a, it's a, it's so saturated now. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to break in. So with me being still, uh, my my music plays globally. I mean, it plays UK. I get songs, but it's not a lot of money in streams. Now I can do two hundred fifty thousand streams, and I probably am only gonna, not even gonna make a hundred dollars. That's the reality was. So if not on a big label, or you really have a big following in your city or just know how to really get money in it. So that makes me sick as well. Like, hey, I'm spinning my wheels. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's so tetra, everybody raps now. And then it's not like when I started, everybody can do it. Because first, uh, you have to, you know, you got tape and reel. It's not like you can download Audacity back then and then you can just practice. So like me, I never had any hip hop influence besides in my community, because where I grew up, you can go to the store and go buy a drum machine. Because mm. they felt you had to order it, and then it cost a lot of money. Right. Or, you see what I'm saying? So now it's just easy. So people can just download Audacity or, you know, the Studio One, uh, Pro Tools got a free version. And, you know, uh, you didn't really have to put the work in, so you just got to have a computer. And then you can work at it. Mm. Then you got more influence. So that's kind of like, well, Felt like a dinosaur that didn't ever make it to the mainstream. But um, I really, you know, I still enjoy. So my creations is really just doing it just for the fact that's what I love doing. It's not really necessary. 
trying to get rich off of it. So I won't necessarily have to go to the streaming to try to get rich like some artists do. You know, that's kind of my... So would you say that's also part of why you... Because you, you also help others. So would you say that's also part of like uh, giving back or like supporting others because you have such uh, I mean you and I were, were talking before about all the the equipment and the platforms that you have and so that's, that's that's my way of giving back hmm. uh, my way of giving back is I know how I feel want to have a platform and, and want to be successful but the market saturated and then people overlook you And if you're not doing what it takes to get the attention, the larger platforms, like I don't want to say the name, but we know the big conglomerates, they're not. Right. So you can't even get through the door there. Uh, the demos they're going to throw out. So what I'm doing is to give back is I'm building GIAJ Global Media OTT Network, which is already built, basically. Hmm. Uh, I got over 200 shows there. It has 700 channels. I'm not utilizing nowhere near the potential. So I'm trying to get an opportunity for film producers, uh, excuse me, um, you know, film producers, recording artists, they have audio channels, uh, video channel demand channels, audio demand channels. So that's an opportunity that they willingly see the vision to build a platform for the independent content producers, musicians, and artists for live shows. Um, streaming is basically I'm trying to build into a DSP on the audio side, you know, digital service provider, as well as uh, actual TV to grow it into a traditional cable as well as still have it on Apple, Roku, uh, Amazon. So, and, and that's that's a platform for people. It won't be as hard for them to, to get involved and, and be a part of it. Right. You know, dealing with their participation in it, uh, with it, and, you know, they're, them seeing the vision, and we can do it. So that's my form of giving back. I'm trying to give the tool, you know, provide the tool, and there's people just that they're willing to take advantage of it and support it. Uh, here it goes, you know, and it's global. You can email me content from anywhere in the world, mm. and I can platform in your stream you know, uh, globally, you know, so um, that's my form of giving back. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I mean, you will be giving me all your links. I have some already, but I will put all your links, even the music that you mentioned earlier, like your music, like if you want to put, like give me all your links so that I can put them in the description. And also if anyone wants to, to reach out to you, because, I mean, we both believe in, collaboration and supporting each other and networking and uh, I mean I, I personally believe that's that's the way of I, I'm not going to say fight against because it's not about fighting but also make our voices heard <laughs> against quote unquote against those big platforms those big Um, you know, the, the, the company who have the monopole, basically, or... <laughs> so. If they call the market, then it's like the, the, the it, it saturates it to where the actual creativity is not there. Not saying the artists, they're not great. It's just the fact that it's other people that have great talents and they got different vision, they got different way of performing, but it's like it 
they, they put it in a they put it in a ball so they could control yeah. it. Yeah. They're only getting this certain style of mm. art or, or musical content or film, and it's only what they approve of, rather than you got tons of all over the world great musicians, great artists that's got a different vision that brought something new to the world that needs to be shared globally. And that's what the my giving back, that's what my platform's for. Man, share this because I I mean, been in music, I heard so many underground raps from somewhere everywhere. Uh that I mean, that I mean, it needs to be shared. The word needs to be able to hear it. Yeah. Uh, YouTube give an opportunity to find new content. Yeah. Uh, just like when you get to those broadcast stations and places like that that's syndicated, then they control the airways. People buying labels buy that buy those airways. Mm. You know, emotional content. You pay them three, four hundred dollars a week. And they they get your music spinning, and so once you get in rotation, there's no there's no way to get in. So that's why you're here, at least here in the states. Because I know you're in France, so here in the states, you're gonna hear the same songs every day. Mm, you're here, it's the same here. Year, but you got millions of artists that need to be heard. That's got a message in their music. Yeah, definitely. The only way they get exposure is on a free radio station. Or if it's a major radio station, you set an hour or two aside on a Saturday or Sunday to play a few songs. If the artists come up to the radio station, they might play it. Because you got this glamorous set, you know, keep the market, say, hey, we got the money, everybody viewing us. This is our agenda. If we don't fit within our agenda, uh, then we don't want to hear it. We don't think this is what the people like. They like to hear the violence. You know, uh, they like the beast. They like the drug dealing, dealers, you know, uh, the gangs. So this is what we're going to push. You know, the people doing drugs, they popping perks, you know, and, you know, different stuff, lean. And, you know, so that's what they push. They push because what your receptacles receive, it, that's what you're starting to become. Mm. You know, uh, if you push positive and growth, and development into a person, they're going to grow and develop. You push drugs, that's all they're hearing. And, in front of their eyes as kids growing up, and then that's what you're building. You know, that's what they're they're building. Yeah, so, influence, for sure. So it's basically TV, not against it, but we're not having the purity of the art, the artistry in it. And then, and then people not even being in their pure self, they're just doing it to get a paycheck and to make people feel like they're above. Then you, you know, it's like. It's, it's basically like a weed strangling out the flower. Mm -hmm. you know? So the actual true creativity that's given to us from insight and vision, people not given. Yeah, so, it's a form of uh, like killing the creativity or controlling creativity of people while you on your platform, you are promoting individuality, creativity, and like there is room for everybody to to express their message and uh and their their own uniqueness like what they want to share with the world yes yes and that's what it was because when i through my eyes i try to see uh you know the world through the beauty of it. uh what, what's beautiful about it that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me motivated knowing hey i can reach eventually to a level to where i can enjoy the beauty where i can travel across the globe i can meet beautiful people no, all day, every day, and I'm not 
confined by a job, having to work these hours, just survive and eat and, you know, just to live. And then I can only have my personal time <laughs> on the weekends or on my day off. I want to have my personal time seven days a week and better utilize it to to benefit everybody's whole and travel around the world. So that is my optimal optimal goal. Nice. You know, what I'm trying to reach. But like I say so many other entities and elements in that in that path. And then not being able to get the support that 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 you that you want because everybody wants that basically that financial freedom. And um it's it's a lot harder. So but that's that's what what keeps me making music as well, uh, expressing myself, making people really catch on, um, and as well as with the TV platform. So that would be my benefit to be able to get in the community, global in the communities, and actually get involved. I think we could change the world. Yeah, uh, okay. With a team, you know, a great team, mm -hmm. positive. You know, yeah, that's wonderful. But but what our children are seeing, uh, change the people who putting the content out there. Our children shouldn't see them grow. Um, you know, change the narrative. So they, they don't know anything but beautiful skies. And you know, when it's a cloudy day, it's not anger. They they know how to get past it. They know it's just another growth spurt. So that's kind of where I'm admittedly. Yeah, definitely. I, I so resonate with your with your message for sure. Um, so like I said, I will be putting all the links uh, in the description if people want to reach out to you, to chat with you, to, you know, collaborate or whatever, like you are open to, <laughs> to receiving messages for sure. And uh, what, like, if you had to give one last piece of advice for this episode uh, to artists, no matter what artists you know whether it is like acting writing like musicians singers rappers like what would be a generic piece of advice you would give to people um never give up never get discouraged you know you don't have times you feel discouraged but know that guys behind you uh he gave you that vision for a reason mm -hmm. um and that vision that you have nobody else can have they can have something similar but it's yours it's what he gave you so if you're working towards and that's your desire never give up on it because everything that you that that sustains you that's gonna bring that true joy in your life you got to work towards it because mm -hmm. that's gonna make you grow into it so i would say never give up um i always know that vision you have don't be afraid to go after it you know uh, give you 100 percent uh don't hold back you know don't be halfway in and halfway out uh Know, really be behind it and you know uh work towards your desires you know and bringing out your creativity and giving it to the world because that vision was given to you for a reason mm -hmm, exactly beautiful beautiful and there is only one way to fail is to never try <laughs> right uh, uh, just a success just to get back up mm -hmm. every time success to get back up so you don't ever want to fail and or fall and never get up, you know, and as long as you got breath in your body and you, you know, you're healthy, you can always get up and you can always try again. You can never get too old, you know? So, I mean, just, just stay focused and know that's, that's your true destiny is a, is, is it that vision that was given to you. Mm -hmm. We just cheered by 
the society's norm, going to work every day and coming home, going to work every day, come home, and then that just becomes your life. And so the vision that God gave us, you know, uh, we kind of blind ourselves to it because it's easier to be comfortable in life. Easier to just do the same thing over and over again. And, you know, okay, I got some of the things I need, but that vision you had as a child or as you're growing, that, that's going away. Then it just goes to somebody else who, who who's, who's willing, kind of like in the Bible. I don't want to really get biblical, but kind of like in the Bible, the guy with one, one talent and the guy with the many talents. The guy with the many talents didn't use his talents. The guy with, with one talent, he kept on and he kept working at it until he developed many talents. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my key word today. Never give up because mm-hmm. long as you got breath in your body, it's a never ending story. So that's so true yeah so true well thank you very much jeffrey for having been my guest i really appreciate and i really support your vision so once again if anyone wants to reach out to you link in the description uh thank you so much for sharing your time with me and we will definitely keep in touch so thank you jeffrey thank you everybody for listening thank you for having me and it's it's a pleasure hope we can do this again sometime. Sure, sure. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Jeffrey. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>